Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 182. Thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. And we are continuing our look at the book of Ruth. And we'll just jump back into uh, approximately where we left off. Um, I don't have anything really prepared, so we're just going to read some scripture and go just go wherever we find ourselves. So I hope it's a blessing. Ruth, and we'll pick up in chapter 2. It says, Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go into the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. So I want to stop here just for a second and say, you know, there's this, there's this thing in our lives where we we strive to to do to accomplish to to produce something in our lives and oftentimes I can speak for myself I don't know about your situation but oftentimes we work so hard to try to bring something to to be to be something into existence and we can find very easily, very quickly, that we're incapable of doing anything, of accomplishing anything, or bring, bringing anything into existence. And when I read this, it's both, I guess, inspiring but also convicting because Naomi tells her daughter-in-law, Ruth, go, sure, go ahead and she enters a field, and as it turns out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz. It's this coordination of events that it just so happened. And so, t- to me, it really echoes and reminds me of how God is so much more capable than what we can imagine, and many of us probably have some sort of understanding of that you know nothing is impossible with god but then we struggle too with this idea that we must do something on our end to contribute i don't know if that's the right word but i mean let's be honest if ruth didn't put in work if she didn't go out to the field and just thought that the you know food would come to the family then you know perhaps this could have been a different situation a different circumstance or storyline i don't i don't know but she puts the effort to go to the field but as it happens in the we'll call it sovereignty of god 
it's it happens to be the field of a, of an important person for their story. Verse 4, Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, Who does that young woman belong to? I wonder why she caught his eye. He comes up to this to his field, he sees his foreman or, you know, manager, and and as he's looking across the the people harvesting and what is it about Ruth that caught her um, caught his eye? Is it because she was attractive? Was she, was she something good to look at? What if she wasn't much to look at? Would the story have changed if she was not beautiful, or if she was beautiful? You know, what is it that caught his eye? I have no doubt that God could have highlighted Ruth even if she was far from being attractive or desirable to look at. She could have been highlighted uh, by God to, as he arranged these sequences of events to come to pass. But I wonder what caught his eye. Because she clearly did catch his eye. Verse 6, The overseer replied, She is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please, let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. This help um, causes me to think that you know people are watching us. People are watching you. They're watching me. They're watching how how we do what we do, how we live our lives, how we work, how we interact, how we socialize, how we do all these things. People are watching, and reports are given. Uh, we know ultimately God sees all, and you know in His books, uh, He He writes down the things that that we do and that we've said. But those around us, uh, they're taking notice. And so we should operate ourselves in a manner that would um, put good reputation upon the name of God. And so he gives this report to Boaz, verse 8. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told you, I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. I can't help also but think of, you know, just a, a quick ahead. When we're reading of Boaz, think of Boaz in a parallel to Jesus Christ. And think of of Ruth as this parallel, I guess, if you will. There's many ways to probably look at this and to glean from what we can learn, but think of Ruth as as you and I, the grace that God shows upon you and I by way of Jesus Christ. 
And so I can't help but think here when Boaz says, I, I've, whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars. You, do you recall when Jesus in his miracle at the wedding where he produced uh, wine from water and he did so on, in those clay jars? Uh, so does that sound does, reminiscent of that? And it also makes me think of the woman, this the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, who said she's drawing water out from the well, and she just said, "If you drink from the water that I give you, you'll never thirst again." I I can't help but think of of those situations here as well. Verse ten. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, "Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner?" Yeah, isn't this is reminiscent of when David, in his in his intimate time with the Lord, uh, being shown all the favor from God. Who am I that you are mindful of me? And so, I think the same can be said for for each of us. And I know sometimes it doesn't feel like that we have favor in in moments that we are experiencing difficulty and uh, hardship and challenges and obstacles and temptations and so much stuff just encompasses us. Um, I think there's an, an Old Testament Psalms, maybe the bulls of Bashan surround me. It, it, I, I know that it can, it can feel that way um, very often where these these mighty bulls are surrounding us. And so it doesn't feel very favorable. But I think if we got a glimpse at what life would be with the favor of God pulled back on our lives, it would be a, a different story. We would appreciate that, I think, afresh. Verse 11, Boaz replied, I've been told about all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. If you know the story here, you know how this story ends. And Ruth is indeed blessed, and she is indeed taken under the wings and, and, and given refuge. But it, and it would seem as though that Boaz is the one who is doing these things. But it's important to remember, as Boaz instructs here, that the reward is from the Lord, the God of Israel, and it's under His wings that we have taken refuge. And so it's good to remember, to to reflect and to meditate on, in all blessings and all things come from God, despite uh, seeming to come from uh, a person, a situation, uh, you know, fill in the blank. These things are the result of God's grace and mercy upon our lives. Verse 13, May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. That's a good perspective for her to have. 
she could easily find herself kind of puffed up and proud and um but she has i guess a dose if you will of reality to know that she is experiencing grace even despite her position which is a position of nothing verse 14 at mealtime boaz said to her come over here have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar i think there of the Last Supper, I think of dipping the bread into the vinegar. I think, too, also of Jesus on the cross and the uh, this, this cloth, uh, if it was, dipped into that um, vinegar and given to him. So I think of those two things here. And when she sat down, it says... With the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. I think there of when Jesus was standing at the shore and his disciples were trying to fish and they were frustrated and they couldn't get anything. Um, boy, can you can we relate to that? But she is offered some roasted grain. Remember that Jesus offered them some roasted fish. So that's um, an interesting thing to to think on there. Um, and that she ate all she wanted and had some left over. I think about the miracle that Jesus did when he broke the bread and gave it to the people and they ate their fill and they had extra left over after the feeding of the multitude. Verse 15, as she got up from as she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. Boaz is showing her even more generosity. Even beyond what he has given thus far, and it just keeps expanding. I think here of when uh, when God spoke to David after he was reprimanded and, and punished for his sin with Bathsheba, and God spoke to David and said, it, essentially paraphrasing, Look at all I've done for you and all I've given you, and if that, wouldn't, if that wasn't enough, I would have given you even more. Now just ponder on that for a second here. We see in this text that Boaz just continues to increase his generosity. And so we, we those of us who belong to Christ, serve a God who is generous. Despite the, all the stuff that we're going through or experiencing. He's generous, and he just keeps getting more and more generous. We have to keep a right perspective of the source, of, of how we come across it, not of our own ability or doing. So, verse 17, Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. So she worked long and hard consistently, that's a thing that we all should learn, uh, consistency, myself uh, primarily. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. So that is about 30 pounds. So that's quite a bit, or 13 kilograms, uh, depending on if 
use that system, but um, that's a lot. Verse 18, she carried it back to town. So that's a pretty heavy load to carry that far. And her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her, said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. So just as a footnote, the Hebrew word there for guardian redeemer is a legal term for one who has the obligation to redeem a relative in serious difficulty. Now that comes out of, if you wanted to review, Leviticus 25, verses 25 through 55. If you want to explore that a little further, it would probably uncover some more details in this situation, add some insights into the storyline. Verse 21, Then Ruth the Moabite said, He even said to me, Stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him because someone else's field, you might be harmed. That's a very practical advice. Sometimes we get caught up um, in the spiritual so much that we forget the practical. Um, so it's good to... It's good to stay connected to both components, but don't let don't let practicality become the the marching beat that you walk to. Uh, practicality is good, and there's a place for it. But oftentimes, God calls us to a place of being impractical. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't look right on paper. Um, oftentimes it may not come to fruition uh, quickly, but there is something that God is wanting to do in and through you and your situation. So don't let practicality be the driving force by which you operate in your life. Hear the voice of God and be obedient to Him in those things. So, verse 23, Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished, and she lived with her, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Now, I wonder, it doesn't tell us, but I wonder how the other women felt of Ruth. I wonder if they looked at her with you know, disdain, or I wonder if they... Um, were pleased that Boaz was being kind to her. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure that there were some some women there that didn't um, enjoy her presence. Maybe maybe even thought of her as a threat to their future or to to what they could accomplish. Uh, maybe some of those people felt like they were going to have to go with less because she was there gathering um, so much, 30 pounds, quite a bit. 
And so, um, but we don't, we don't get to see that. We make it, we really can only speculate, but, um, how many of us experience people in our lives where, um, you know, they have a certain feeling about us, whether it's good or bad, uh, but, um, we have to not allow them to dictate where we are and how, and how we are trusting God to accomplish um, all that He has intended for us. So I think this is where we'll wrap this one up. Um, this is chapter 2. Uh, I hope some of those insights give you something to chew on, uh, something to, to, to meditate over uh, additionally in your own study. Um, I think maybe we'll pick back up in chapter 3 on the next episode. Um, and until then, we will see you. God bless. I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you. And in your house, I hope.